Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, I shared more in depth about my freelance social media work and how I transitioned from a full-time job to self-employment. I talk about my experiences of what I went through, important takeaways, and what I learned about myself through this transition. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, I have a conversation with Diego Leon, a content creator and menswear fashion and lifestyle blogger based in the Bronx. We talk about relevancy as a content creator, and we cover transitioning content during the quarantine, why it is important to pivot your content, what content creators should be reminded of moving forward, and more. Thanks, Diego, for joining me on this podcast episode. Thanks, Grace, for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this in particular, transitioning content, you know, from your menswear, everyday fashion and lifestyle to the world changing, especially during these past few months. You know, things like really escalated during these times. And as content creators, it's important to be authentic with who we are and also bring up these important topics like a pandemic and the Black Lives Matter social movement. Yeah, definitely. I think it's super important to, you know, not ignore it, you know, because I think that's where the big, you know, big issue is with a lot of people. It's like, let me just close my eyes and pretend that nothing's happening. Exactly. And I think it's important because this is like our career. This is our job to not only work with brands and, and help our readers or customers to learn more about different things that are out there that we recommend, but also cover stuff like stuff that's difficult, what's going on in the news and stuff that people are uncomfortable with hearing. And that's the question, I guess, like that we have to ask ourselves before moving forward. And I want to know actually what was going through your mind uh, when all that happened, especially starting with the pandemic. Yeah. So when I first started to become a blogger in 2014, I never thought this would be something I even would be even talking about in the first place. Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of bloggers don't start up saying like, you know, to talk about social movements or talk about health and all that stuff. Like everyone starts like, I want to do fashion or I want to do suits for for me, or I'm going to do baking (laughs) or I'm going to be a food blogger. And I just felt like, especially now, like, what is the purpose of an influencer? It's to influence. And we have an audience that with people that believe us, trust us, and look towards us for advice. Uh, Yes, they came here probably for fashion advice or food advice. But to not talk about those things, I feel it would be disingenuous. So I felt it was important to talk about things that I believed in. Because Mm -hmm. like at this point, it's no longer just about me anymore it's about everyone else and it would be a discredit to you know have an audience and not use it for something positive right right and that is very I guess like from our end it's very tricky because it's hard knowing you know we do have an audience that is loyal to us and if we talk about certain things like not everyone is going to agree with everything that you say are there ever any doubts with approaching certain things what really takes over i guess in your mind when you do decide to talk about those things i think that's a lot of apprehensions influencers had of like oh i don't want to get into politics or you know i don't want to talk about this like 
uh, I'm not sure if my audience, you know, wants to hear this. And first of all, I want to say like, that's like the privilege to even say that, you know, like, I wish I can be able to say things like, oh, I don't want to be, you know, politics. That's, I don't want to get into politics, but it affects me every day. It affects my friends and family. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish I can say that, but to say that is simply not true. Right. And to, to my audience, of course, some people were very, don't like that. They don't want to see that. It's, I'm sure you're probably seeing like, I, I only followed you for bikinis or I only followed you for suits. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to hear your opinion. Right. Uh, you know, and, you know, to be frank, then I don't want those people following me anyway. Like, I like to think about the people that follow me and, and you know, my, the people I, I talk to are people that I actually want to hang out w- with in real life. And if a follower of mine doesn't, you know, vibe with me in, in that way, then I don't care if they don't want to follow me anymore. Then that person, if they want to follow another suit person, go find, follow another suit person. There's a bunch of them out there. Yeah. You know, like I'm not losing sleep over it. They shouldn't lose super sleep over it. And then that's good for me because I never wanted that follower in the first place. And I think that's, I think a lot of people need to realize that, you know, having, yes, having high followers is like the the goal of being an influencer. It's like, oh, I want to have X amount of followers. How do I grow fast? You know, mm-hmm. but I don't want, I don't want crappy people following me. Oh, I don't want people yeah. that, you know what I mean? I don't want people that are going to harm who, you know, might not even know it, but are technically harming me with their way of thinking. So I'm not losing sleep over it because I never wanted them in the first place. And if me posting content like that, you know, they're like, I don't want to see this then great. Get out of here. (laughs) Yeah, if anything, it actually brings your analytics to where you want it to be um, versus just like these random people that just stick around and don't even do anything, you know? Yeah, I think you make a very good point about that because I'm sure a lot of us have like ghost followers or followers that don't really engage with us or, you know, I'm I'm sure you see like, I know I get mad about this when I see in my analytics, like I have high impression and high reach, but then that doesn't translate to likes and comments. Exactly. You know? I know. You know? So I'm like, well, good. I don't, that person was never going to do anything anyway. Screw them. If it, and if it took them to like actually leave a comment saying, oh, this sucks, I'm going to unfollow you, then good. You actually yeah. brought my engagement rate up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, I agree with you. And I really do think like, especially during this time, like, I'm sure you've lost a lot of followers, but like I really lost a lot of followers from Black Lives Matter because people are like, I don't want to hear this. It's like, it's scary. I don't want to know what's going on in the news, even though it's important to. I mean, at first I was, yeah, I might have like been a little like, oh, this isn't good. But at the same time, it's like, no, I actually felt better because it's like one, what we just talked about, you're narrowing down the people that follow you to, you know, to people who actually care. And also, like, you are speaking up about something that you actually believe in, and that's who you are as a brand, and that's what your platform's all about. Yeah, exactly. Like, why are we even influencers if we aren't influencing anything that we care and believe in? You know, our followers follow us because they trust us. And if we are not talking about things we actually care about, then what are we willing to fall for, basically? You know, we're, we're basically just talking billboards that are just going to pay, are only talking for money, you know? Like, and and that's not who we are. Like, yeah, real talk, of course. We, we take sponsored content, but we ta- take sponsored content from brands we actually care about and we want to share with you. And 
that's something that is still important and that also goes with you know where we're recommending you know things we believe in whether it be wear a mask or you know we have to be non-racist like it shouldn't be controversial so to speak but it's good because then the person who's like who is angry at you for posting that Mm -hmm. would you ever want to hang out with that person anyway no (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah like if you put it in that way why would you like you don't want to it's as simple as that. So anyway, I'm curious, in what ways have you pivoted your content? Or have you decided that, like, I need to do more of this? Or So when I was transitioning my content to be more relevant, I, th- that was my, my key thing. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, when I started my blog, it was all about dressing well, wearing suits, you know, showing people that, you know, a kid from the Bronx can wear suits, Latinos can wear suits, all that stuff. And, and I've built up my audience that way. And now with, you know, how the world is changing, you know, using that, that megaphone I've created for myself to, you know, just share with people more things I care about, like wearing a mask or, you know, trying to end racism or understanding, you know, police brutality. And for me, it was like, how do I mix those two contents together? Like some people are, when they're doing their content, it's like, you know, reposting these great graphics with like stats on them and stuff. And that's good. And I like that. And, you know, posting them in their stories, you know, shareable content. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, I wanted to like mix the two somehow, because I know at the end of the day, my followers, they started following me because they liked the clothes I was wearing. They liked my suits. So how can I combine the two? So one example I did was um, showing examples of menswear dandies from the past who were African-American, you know, showing black people, you know, wearing suits as inspiration. So, you know, that and I was like, look at the historical aspect of it, looking at they've done it, we can do it, let's keep doing it. Uh, Another way I was able to to do it is like just posting like trolly content, like trolling my audience, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, One example was um, I posted one of my full body outfits and it was like swipe to see. I've learned the best way to tie a tie, the fastest way to tie a tie. Swipe to see my technique. And then when you swipe it, um, I'm just sharing information about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I'm sharing oh, statistics. Yeah, sharing statistics about, you know, p- police brutality. So it's like tongue in cheek, you know, my audience who gets it, they get it. They're like, it, it, my favorite part is seeing the comments saying, oh, what, what amazing tie tying techniques, or that's a great tie tying <laughs> technique. This is the best way to tie a tie. So, like, my audience is in on it. They get it. You know, they're being informed. And plus, they still get menswear out of it. So it's like a win-win, so to speak. Right. And I I did a similar one with a a video where it was like uh, my top three summer like dandy accessories. And then the video is like, you know, why black and black crime isn't real. You know, like like just just, just go Uh, into it, like starting with um, the menswear angle and then just completely pivoting them into some stats. You see, I like that take because one, that is what your brand focuses on. You know, like that's why you started. I mean, I guess that's not the main reason, but like that is a big part of who you are and your brand. And so for you to be able to continue that relevancy and use it in the sense that like people, it's still relatable, you know, like people want to see that content, but you're also bringing in things that people need to hear that are going on in the news. And I really like that approach. I think that's a good approach versus what you said about, I agree with the shareable content. Yeah, it's nice to just throw some stats up there, but like 
how do you take that a step further? You know, I think if we're all trying to preach and have our TED talks on what we think of Black <laughs> Lives Matter, there's like there's too many voices. But like, how do we take that into action? How do we take that into the next step? And I think that's more crucial. Yeah, of course. And the thing is, throwing out facts is still important. Yes. My thing that I really hate the most is when I have antagonists who go into my DMs and they're like, this is not true. And then like, luckily you'll have stats or numbers, you know, to to back it up. And at the end of the day, if, you know, people who are like that, they don't want to change anyway. That's the thing, though. Like, at least we are helping our audience with the information and the people who are detracting, they don't want to change their minds. They've, They've made their their ideas. So don't let that, you know, derail you from, you know, talking about the important stuff. You're right. Like, it is important to have the facts, but I think we shouldn't just stop there. I think that, you know, there's a way, especially like as creatives, it is our responsibility to not just do what everyone else is doing and to actually take what we are skilled at and use that to help and unite people in terms of this mindset and thinking. I think that's great that you've done that. I really like your approach. I mean, I've been seeing your stuff all throughout quarantine, and I really value what it is that you put out there. Um, I respect your approach on how you go about it versus a lot of content creators that I've seen that I've just kind of lost respect for in some ways this time or at least during quarantine like the past few months like I've really been able to see people's true colors in what they bring value to yeah I think that's an important thing like what value does a content creator even bring like I know a lot of people especially nowadays people hate or content creators have a really bad rap because there's a lot of you know high profile ones who've really like ruined it so to speak especially with like the pandemic and like going to crazy parties during the pandemic or like or you know being anti-mask or whatever and here's the thing though they totally have the right to do that you know but i also have the right to be like i don't want this content i'm gonna either unfollow you block you or talk crap about you. Right, you know what I mean? Right. I think a lot of people forget. Like, I know, you know, I'm all about freedom of speech, but freedom of speech also means the freedom of me to, you know, shut you down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen a bunch of definitely my fellow bloggers I follow as well. Some people, I've really seen some questionable stuff, some questionable content. And I'm like, uh, damn, I I don't know if I want to associate with that anymore. Yeah. And some, some of them I unfollowed. Some of them I just muted. Um some of them I've blocked. So it's, it's, uh, you just have to be, you know, also open that, especially nowadays, it's a lot of life and death situation at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, just being uh, apolitical about things is just not going to cut it, I think. Right. Absolutely agree. Um, I remember a while ago, we had a conversation about transitioning and i remember you were telling me that you want to slowly transition into twitch so tell me more about that yeah yeah i did i did mention that yeah you did do you remember twitch do you remember the the concepts behind twitch (laughs) yes i remember twitch is like a live stream um platform that you can watch people and it's different from youtube because YouTube is edited content and Twitch is just spot on. And so it's more of a raw platform that people can utilize 
to grow their following. Yeah, yeah. So with Twitch, um, I like I said, at, as a content creator, you should never have all your eggs in one basket. You know, you should have Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. If you're still into that, you know, and it, you know all those social platforms, because you never know one day one might just turn off or might just be canceled. Actually, funny thing you mentioned about Twitch, like a, like a, f- a small anecdote. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was a there was a rival to Twitch called Mixer, and okay. same idea, same concept, just another another uh, social media network that catered to live video. And a bunch of like high profile people in the video game community were on Mixer, and a lot of people went there because you know they, they liked it better than Twitch. Okay. And literally, I think it was like two weeks ago, or maybe at this, at this point, maybe like last month, but very recently, Mixer shut down. They literally shut down. Wow. And and all those content creators are now like, well, crap, we built our audience on Mixer. Where do we go now? And a lot of them put all their eggs on Mixer because they didn't want to go on Twitch. They didn't want to go on YouTube. They, they stayed on Mixer. And basically, now they're screwed over. They have to rebuild their entire wow. audience somewhere else. Can you imagine that? Like, <sighs> and that's that's the same idea of like if Instagram turned off. Yeah. Like if Instagram suddenly shut down, where would you build your audience next? Right. Like where would you, you know? So I, I think it's very important to build in other places, whether you're building on your blog, you're building on YouTube, you're building on Twitch, you're building on, you know, whatever, just in case, because like, the thing is, these platforms, we don't own them. They're not for right. us. Right, absolutely. You, you know? need to remember that. Yeah. So having a blog is important and, and just having other appearances and other networks are important. So Twitch mostly caters to gaming content. Like a lot of people play video games on Twitch and then like talk about yep. it and they do it live. You know, imagine doing a Instagram live, but you have more screen real estate, you know, you have more graphics you can put in. I think it's a lot more more fun in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to do like I love to do one of my unboxing videos on Twitch where I have more like graphics and more fun stuff to play with. Mm-hmm. So like for example, we can have a podcast like this on Twitch and it, we can record it and then people can like download it later. I just feel like it's a, just something else different to try out. And plus, I love playing video games anyway. Yeah. So especially now with the quarantine, um, I'm playing a lot more video games at home, I'm playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Yes. <laughs> and my audience has been really receptive to that. My, a lot of my audience plays Animal Crossing as well. So I think it would be a great way to like do all that at once. Play Animal Crossing, play with my audience, the game, and then just have build up a new social network that hopefully I can do well in. I think that'll be really fun, especially for you, because that is like right down your alley. But with Twitch, I'm guessing like, do you have some sort of schedule of how you want to go about doing that? Or Yeah, you know, because it's because with Twitch, it's not like Instagram where you like literally just like post something yeah. and like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post at eight o'clock in the morning and you're done. Or, or even when you go live on on uh, Instagram, uh, because like I'm, sh- you know, you put your countdown on. You're like, hey guys, I'm going live uh, tomorrow at nine. You know, come join in or whatever. Yeah. And but most people who are on Instagram, they're not there for for lives, so to speak. They're mostly there for the pictures, and the lives are like an extra bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, with Twitch, it's like you're running your own t- TV show. Most, it's like you have to be like, all right, I'm going live Monday, Wednesday, Thursday from seven till 10 or something like that. You're literally 
making your own t- television network and you have to tell people when to watch your show. Interesting. So I think that's a really – yeah, I think it, it's more rigid in that, but it's a different venture. It's a different way to do content and I feel like it, it builds up a bit – a stronger community almost because oh, yeah. like you, you – yeah, because like you're like, hey, I'm going to go live at 6 or whatever. I'm going to be playing Animal Crossing for three hours. <laughs> Come hang out. You know, come drink with me or whatever. You could be like every Thursday, let's do a cocktail, you know, or something like yeah. that. So just just trying to figure out and then just, you know, talk about it. And I just feel like that's something I'm already doing. Like I'm already playing video games for long periods of time. Right. So why not bring my audience into it to join me? Right. And I, I agree with you that I do think because like if I'm comparing it to YouTube, YouTube videos... Yeah, they have one of the most loyal subscribers on that platform. But now thinking about it live um, for Twitch, I think I would be more tuned in with seeing someone live and watching their, I guess, like their their live stream because it's happening in the moment versus like YouTube was probably edited. And yeah, you're still relevant and you're still being who you are. But you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a difference between video content that's edited, that's filmed, all that stuff versus someone raw right there on the spot. Yeah, I think that's a key thing, just being being raw, being in the moment. And of course, you know, with, with Twitch or whatever, of course, we always want to make it perfect. Of course, let's be frank here. We always, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're perfectionists. We want to make it look nice, of course. And I will too, of course. I'm going to put nice graphics, nice overlays and stuff, you know. Like, I'm not going to like, like my Instagram story is like, hello, everybody, just right in my face, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Um, I'll, maybe I'll do a mixture of that. But it's, um, you know, I feel like it's more intimate, you know. Yes. Like you're there hanging out, we're hang- we're chatting, and it builds better connection. And like having conversations like these, I think would be easier than like an Instagram live or something like that. I feel it would be easier to do it like on Twitch or something. I agree with you. Do you have a, like an idea of when you're thinking of starting that, or have you already started? Um, no, uh, it's still baby steps. Like obviously, you know, it's. Because at least the barrier to entry for Twitch is a little bit higher because you, you need certain equipment to make it look good and make it to make it like sound good and stuff. Yeah. So it's uh, hopefully uh, to, to be determined, but it's it's still there. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll be really fun planning and working on that. So, you know, since we're used to at least here in New York City going to these events and meeting brands and constantly networking and connecting with people um, on a daily basis before COVID. How has it been like, at least for you, connecting with these brands and PR agencies during this time, at least? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right in the sense that we, we used to live and die by coffee meetings. You know, yeah. we would go into events, trading business cards, you know, saying, hey, I'll email you or hey, let's grab some coffee tomorrow, talk about stuff. I think now it just puts more effort on us to follow up and just talk to people. Like my big thing first was when going through my email list and just emailing all the PR folks I worked with or brands I worked with saying, hey, what's up? How you doing? Do you guys need anything? I'm still making content. You know, if there's any campaigns coming up, let me know what's up. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that was an important thing. Um, Scheduling meetings, you know, be like doing Zoom or doing FaceTime or, you know, Google Hangouts. You know, I still think that's important as well. 
you know, maybe do it the first couple of times and after that do a phone call because I know people get over video conference called. I'm sure now like everyone's doing conference calls now. You're like, I'm over it. I don't want to do this <laughs> yeah. anymore. And I, I completely understand that. I think the key thing is still doing some of that in conjunction with doing phone calls and, you know, following up with emails. Um, I still hate getting DM'd. <laughs> Brands, stop DMing me. Stop sliding into my DMs. Yeah. Please just, just email me yeah. and tell me what you, what you want to do. And then um, scheduling meetings. Like, for example, um, a brand reached out to me recently. Um, they want me to promote, you know, make some content with the face masks. And I was like, all right, that sounds cool. Let's hop on a call and talk talk more. And then I have a little app. Uh, I think it was, it's called Calendly, something like yeah. that. Cal- um, Calendly. And I just, yeah, Calendly. And I just send a link and it's like, all right, just tell me when you're free. Um, it connects to my Google Calendar. So, all the dates uh, would match up, so they have all my open spots are there, and then boom, they take care of it. I don't have to waste my time back and forth saying, "Oh, I'm free between five and seven. What do you think? Oh, I'm free between six and six. What you know?" And you're just there in an infinite loop of, you know, back and forths. And with that, I can just you know have my meetings and just talk to them. It just puts more pressure on us to now actually go for it, talk to the people, as opposed to going to the events and almost having them come to us right i i like that too like i think it is important for us to operate both ways like it's not a one-way street uh we should always be vocal with them too because they're not always going to come to us you know uh and it's our responsibility to also be able to pitch ourselves as content creators so i agree but i think especially during this time well, with the pandemic and, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, I think it's been a reminder to focus on, like, what we stand for again. I think we've really uh, had to reflect back on that and really focus back on why we started this and what are our values, what do we believe in, like, what will we tolerate? Um, and I remember we had this conversation before, and I'll let you speak more on it, about brands, you know, like, like who we work with is a reflection of who we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you're right, Grace. And I think that's the important thing where, you know, what we do, like our actions speak louder than words. Like if you are working with brands that have questionable ethics, then that means you have questionable ethics. You know, if you are working with companies that are support governments that you're not a fan of or they're doing bad stuff overseas that means that means that you support that so i think it's very important for us to align ourselves with brands that we actually care about and here's the thing too if you actually are okay with you know um the crazy stuff that's going overseas like like for example h&m you know they have questionable practices on how they make their clothes if you're okay with that then, then fine. Then I, I want you to you know be upfront with about yeah. it, and I will also be upfront where that I will not support that, that I will not follow you, or I will not you know click the links in your bio or whatever. Yeah. I think I think more people, you know, it's funny because people are like, oh, you know, I don't want to get political, I don't want to lose followers. Then then who are you then? I will not trust your judgment on anything right. because you're not being upfront of what you actually believe in. You know, like who you are, who you represent, it's all a package, you know? Yeah. I want people to know that if they see my stories, if they see my content, they see the brands I work with, it is a reflection on me. 
And if I miss something, I find out that a brand that I'm working with is shady in some way or does something that I don't like, then I will be upfront with my audience saying, hey, look, I don't support this and I'm going to be cutting ties with this brand. And I think more people should be more willing to do that. And, you know, saying things like, oh, I don't want to be political or like, I don't want to, you know, ruffle feathers. That's just BS, honestly. That's just taking the easy way out. Yeah. If a brand that you like is actively supporting a government or is anti-LGBTQ or something like that, and if you have friends like that and you support them, that's like a slap in their face. If you're like, I'm going to buy this brand. I know they hate gay people, but, uh, you know, the fabric's good. Like, that's that's messed up. Like, that's there's no excuse for that. Right. You know what I mean? So I feel like the brands you work with reflect you and – you know, pick and choose who they are. And don't be afraid if you're going to lose people for that because that's who you are at the end of the day. Like present your real self. If you truly believe in those things, then talk about it and then let your audience decide if they still want to follow you or not. I think this was a big thing that I noticed, especially during the Black Lives Matter movement. I think people got scared. People were scared that they would be attacked. Yeah, I know some people who just don't like, you know, the quote unquote organization Black Lives Matter or whatever, but the idea is, it's still the same. Like, people of color are still being treated differently. And if you don't see that, if you don't acknowledge that, then I don't really want to associate with you then in that case. You know, I've had definitely people in my comments saying um, that police brutality isn't real. Uh, black people are not being overly targeted. And okay, that's great. But to say that and then see the world and say, like, everything is fine. That's just simply not true. And I think that if you believe in that, talk about it and then let me choose or not to still continue following you. Yeah. I think that's an important thing too. And I think you have the freedom to believe that. I also have the freedom to be like, no thanks, I'm out. Yes. Absolutely. It's a hard line to cross. Like, it, this is like a very difficult thing and it's still ongoing and... Of course, um, people are going to always find different ways to approach it. But I think the underlying thing is that, like, humans should not be treated that way. Period. Yeah, no, 100%. Humans should not be treated that way. And there needs to be some radical systemic changes to need to be happening. And, you know, I will always push that like there needs to be you know either defund the police or there should be more training or whatever like move the money into like community organizations like that is my stance and i will try to bring up as much information as possible to back that up so to speak yeah. because that's what I, I do believe in and as a follower or a fellow creator d does not vibe with that i get it mm -hmm. then don't follow me or at least, you know, let's let's talk about it. But even then, that's like a lot of work, too, to try to <laughs> fight those people verbally. That is true. Do you think you've been more selective because of everything that's been going on in the world? Grace, I'm ready for the revolution. <laughs> I'm ready to burn everything down. I'm ready to tear down every built. No, but, but really, though, like, it's, it's really made me think about, like, the brands I work with, the people I associate with. And if the things I'm working with will actually help anybody, like I think for a lot of people, you know, fashion might be the last thing on their minds right now. Mm -hmm. Right now, people are trying to just feed themselves. We're just trying to trying to get a job. And like everything is is pretty tough with like our governments and like everything is pretty crappy. Like me trying to push to my audience like, hey, here's a new suit. 
I f- it's disingenuous, you yeah. know? It's it's trying to flip that to be like, all right, I want to donate to like some organization or check out this brand. They have nice suits, but they also donate to X, Y, and Z. Or like, I check out this face mask. It's made locally, made in America, made in the Bronx or whatever. The money goes directly to them. Like trying to be more selective with those type of brands and organizations because they're reflective of what I believe in. So I always, when I'm talking to brands, I try to ask them questions like, um, have you donated? Like, you know, who's running this campaign? Who's, what, is there other people of color in this campaign? It, am I the only Latino in this campaign? Mm-hmm. Um, like to see if they're also making an effort to like help everything out, you know? Yeah. For some people, it's just literally like, all right, we got to like reach a quota. You know, we don't want to look bad on, on social media. We better, we better put a random black person there. And th- of course you have, to, it's context is important too. If they acknowledge the fact they've, they've been really bad about showing people of color and then they're like, hey, Diego, we've literally only worked with white people for entire lives <laughs> and you'll be the first Latino we actually work with. Can you please give us a shot? Then I'll be like, all right, I get it. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do it. You know, versus like, uh oh, we only showed white girls forever. We need a black girl. What's up? Help mm-hmm. us. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's all about context and, you know, the intent behind it. Oh, absolutely. I probably should have mentioned this in the beginning, but like, I find your story very fascinating, especially like with how you went about, you know, you started as a teacher and then you shifted into um, blogging and turned it into full time. I want to know, you know, from your journey from the beginning to where you are currently and what you have in mind for the future. What is something that you've really like either learned about yourself from making these transitions? As you mentioned, I used to be a teacher. I used to teach preschool. I went to college for early childhood education. I got my master's in literacy education. And my whole thing was just to, to save the world. That was my whole, <laughs> my whole plan, you know? Yeah. Like, as a kid growing up in the Bronx, uh, our schools, it was never like the schools I would see in TV. I go to school in the Bronx, and it's like, this is not, there's something missing here. And I always wanted to help out kids and, like, level them up. And I especially think with growing up, I always had, like, white teachers or, like, you know, female teachers. And I wanted to, I felt that representation was very important. So it was like, if I felt if I had a Latino male teacher, you know, that could do some good because they're seeing, the kids are seeing someone like themselves, you know, bringing them up, a positive male role model. And there's not a lot of positive male role models nowadays, (laughs) and especially back then either. So I wanted to be that. And that's why I went into education and I wanted to do early child education when early childhood is birth to second grade. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do preschool because I felt like that was a pivotal moment in a child's life where they learning more about the education system. They're, you know, working with teachers, you know, staying away from mommy and daddy, all that jazz. And I wanted them to have a positive experience with that because I felt if that experience is positive, they will be fine in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Because I feel like a lot of kids have really terrible experiences in the beginning and that's why they just hate school (laughs) yeah you know like school sucks school's terrible yeah so you wanted to change that from the the beginning yes yeah so that was the whole plan for there and in terms of like wearing suits and stuff 
I picked that up because I wanted to be a good role model for the kids. Like I wanted to dress up, you know, a lot of teachers dress like crap. So I, I didn't want to be that, you know, generic teacher, you know, stereotype, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went on social media. I, I tried to learn how to dress myself. I, I followed influencers. I was like, how do I wear a suit? And I followed a bunch of menswear influencers. And and I started doing that. And, you know, like the kids liked it. The parents loved it. The administration liked it, you know. And I felt good about myself. It built up my confidence. And I started just posting about that on social media. And I remember I started posting that a lot. You know, I started going to parties <laughs> dressed up this way, uh-huh. going to events that way. Like that, I just made a part of my life just dressing this yeah. way, wearing suits. And I remember one day a brand slid in my DMs and they're like, hey, Diego, we like your account. You know, can we send you a free tie? And at the time I was like, hell yeah, I love a free tie. Of course, you know, yeah. not knowing anything about influencer marketing, not knowing anything about anything. And of course, I got the tie. I posted about it on my Instagram saying, check out my new free tie. Thank you, Brand X, for sending this tie over. Not knowing I was doing free marketing for a brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not having no idea. So did that. Um, I was in 2014 at the same time being a teacher. And then I remember the first time a brand wanted to pay me to do something like this. I was like, what? I was so, someone's willing to pay for an Instagram photo. Yeah. What an idiot! <laughs> you know what a what a dummy! Like, let me take advantage of this person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know. So I I realized you can make money off of this, and I was saying like, wow, if I keep doing this, I can theoretically make more money doing this than being a teacher. Mm-hmm. It's messed up because like, if you know, to be frank, if I was making more money being a teacher, I may have not have pivoted or transitioned into. Uh, being an influencer Mm. it was totally a money thing and you know for better for worse education pays bad (laughs) you know no one no one becomes a teacher for the money (laughs) so yeah i was like oh let me just take a break from teaching if it doesn't work out i'll just be a teacher again and and i haven't left since i've been doing this since 2014 being a, a influencer and of course at the beginning you know, you just want to make sponsored content. That was the whole thing. Sponsor content, go to events, go to parties, drink tons of alcohol, meet cool <laughs> people, you know, yeah. like that was like the whole the whole thing. But then you start learning about yourself, start learning about the brand, start, start learning about what you actually care for, what you believe in. You know, I know a lot of suit people in the beginning, they, they transitioned into streetwear, you know, more like hype beast stuff. Yeah. And I knew that was never me. That was never like what I, I believed in. I never, I'm not a big fan of streetwear, so I never wanted to dress streetwear, promote streetwear brands. So I definitely had like t-shirt companies reach out to me and like what, and I'm like, hey, I, I don't wear t-shirts. It's just not my aesthetic, yeah. you know? So trying to learn more about me and like what makes me special and different mm-hmm. because like, Especially nowadays, everyone and their mom is an influencer. So, like, it's trying to figure out what makes you different from all the rest. What's that extra, that that different thing that you bring into the table? And trying to figure that out. And for me, it was, like, being a Latino, being a, a male, being from the Bronx, wearing suits. Like, I never saw anybody like that. When I started looking up other influencers, I just saw a bunch of white people doing it. Your history and your background makes you you. Yeah, and I think that's important where I think a lot of people should definitely lean into, you know, what makes you special, what makes you different. There's people out there, you know, young Latinos who are like, oh, how do I dress well? Oh, there's Dandy in the Bronx. Let me let me look that up, you know? Yeah. It, and I think that's an important thing. And since then, building on top of that, so 
either being on podcasts, talking to people, you know, I, I, I definitely want to eventually like make, make a product or something or mm-hmm. build a service, you know, uh, everyone at the end of the day, you know, it's like, you got to have merch, you know, you got to have merch, a product, yeah. you know, I got to get Danny in the Bronx merch. So hopefully down the line, you know, figure that yeah. out. You know, I've experimented with it for a, a little bit. I used to have um, these custom shirts with my own logo on it. Interesting. And, you know, so like it's, you know, trying to figure that out, trying to, you know, and build it up, you know, because like you don't want to be a one trick pony. You don't want to mm-hmm. just be a live and die by sponsored content. You want to either be consulting. You want either making merch. You want to like host events. You want to have a podcast, you know, trying to figure out other ways to monetize what you have. Like just making sponsored content, like not even not even the Kardashians just make sponsored content. You know, they have m- multiple avenues of income. So, you know, I hate them, but, you know, they're doing it right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, I think this is actually a good way to end the podcast, actually. I'd love to know, you kind of covered it, but what as content creators or, or someone wanting to be in this industry and really be a voice that stands out during this time, especially, you know, with this world changing, how can someone approach it that way? Or like, do you have any tips for content creators and how they can continuously evolve their content? I think content creators in the beginning, yes, we all started like just posting pretty pictures on Instagram, posting pretty videos on Instagram. But the next step is to figure out what is something that makes you different, what makes you unique. You know, like I know one influencer, uh, Lisette, she's this influencer who also is like a, 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 a business coach or like an influencer coach. So her thing is all about teaching other influencers how to be good influencers, you know, how to negotiate prices or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, other people might be gaming or, you know, like they are about like, here's the best tips to play this game. Or people who are like teaching you about something new. Like uh, this this one influencer I know, they do a lot of like vintage stuff and they're teaching you how to wear certain things and how to style different things. It's just trying to figure out what can you bring to the table? What's something special you can teach me? Like I think a lot of people try to like, I'm just going to post a cool picture of me in the street and it's going to have like some kind of like uh, captions like start starting my Monday strong. <laughs> and like if that's you, that doesn't inspire me anything. Like the, the photo might be amazing, but what do you bring to the table? Like what what makes this special? What how are you making my life better? Yeah. Me looking at this suit. Yes, that was a cool suit, but my life has not changed. <laughs> and you know what I yeah. mean? Like I I and of course that that might be a, a little, you know, braggadocious to be like, "Oh, uh, I need your content to change my mm-hmm. life. But start small, you know? Like, for me, I'm like, let me let you know about local Bronx restaurants or a local Bronx uh, face mask maker. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a little change in the world. I'm doing little things like that. Yeah. You know, um, t- teaching you how to style uh, white pants in different ways. Okay, little, little things. Little things. Little things. I, yeah, I was just, yeah, you know? I, I kind of want to add to that. Like, a lot my audience is actually I've noticed they relate a lot to the struggles that I've gone through so just having conversations like that and just like putting a smile on someone's face or something just to like let them know that yeah we're all struggling in ways but we can all still be happy and and try to see the best in things I think that's an important thing you're right right about that Grace like you know 
while I'm scrolling down the feed, oh, I see Grace. My day is now better. I want to be able to like do that and just look at the content and you're bringing value into my life. And I think a lot of people need to, whether it be super small, like, oh man, today sucked, you know, or like today was pretty bad and, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. It makes you more relatable. It makes you more approachable. You know, it makes me feel like we're all doing this together. Yeah. Like, I never want people to think that just because I wear a suit that I'm like this, like pompous, nose up in the air type of guy. Yeah. You know, like I'm still this guy from the Bronx who plays video games and likes to drink a lot, you know, like (laughs) and wear suits or whatever. You know what I mean? It's relatable. And I want people to know that, you know, we're going through the same thing and we can do this together. And I never want anyone ever feel alienated by the content I create, you know, and I think that's a, a, a thing where people need to realize, like the content they're creating, like unless your whole gimmick is luxury uh, okay, if it works, it works. Like I, I you know, like that's you, uh, you know. But I'm never gonna own a luxury bag in my life, probably. Like unless a brand gave it to me, right. uh, you know. Or like I might buy one at the real real or something like that. Buy it used or something yeah. like that. I also that, think, you know I mean? yeah, like speaking on top with luxury, you're very li- you're limiting yourself, your audience, because not everyone lives that lifestyle. Yeah, but like I said, like like I don't want to take away from people who do live that life every day. Like yeah. if you're a luxury person, then live your life. Yeah. But like you know, try to figure out what's that value you bring to someone. Is it just cool pictures that make me hate my life? Okay, that's a that's a value. Hey, that's people love love hate. You know that luxury stuff. <laughs> like you're on a cool boat. You know you're on your yacht with your friends, and they're all you know skinny and beautiful or whatever. Great, cool story. You know now I hate my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it. It's um. It's it's just trying to figure out what audience you're catering to. Like for me, I'm not catering to the audience. But if you are, if you have an audience that love that luxury content, then you do you. Yeah. You know what you I mean? Do you. Like I don't want to take that. I don't want to take that away, but. If you're just starting up and you're just trying to figure out what's that special thing you bring, try to figure out something little and small. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you're a, you're an artist. You, you draw, then you know, draw draw cool stuff. Post about it. Talk about the the struggles of being an artist. You know, we're all in this together. I think that's the key thing. I agree with you. Thanks, Diego. You know how much I love having these conversations with you. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure, Grace. Well, where can people find you? Yes, uh, on Instagram at dandy in the bronx uh also dandy in the bronx.com uh my pinterest if you're a pinterest person i'm also on dandy in the bronx and pinterest and then eventually hopes and dreams on twitch i'm also dandy in the bronx dandy in the bronx (laughs) (laughs) love it all right well thank you so much for joining me it's a pleasure grace thank you so much for having me Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode in the series where I have a conversation with Rob Gregg, a man of many skills and talents. He is the founder of the shoe brand Rob McCallan, Forbes Under 30 Fellow, GQ Insider, American Express Ambassador, and a recently engaged man. He shares his transition from dating to engagement, his background story, how he met his fiance, his thoughts on dating before finding the one, some of the trials and tribulations of a long-distance relationship, almost proposing during COVID-19, 
and a really insightful tip for someone who is unsure whether they like someone or like the idea of someone. Thanks for tuning in.